Happy day, Rosso Garcia with Why Jesus. I am hoping that you are having a terrific day, that you feel you are going to get ahead of the day by your positive outlook on this day in maybe trying to focus to find the good in everything you do today. I know that a lot of the times, most of the time actually, we kind of tear ourselves down for the things we don't do or don't accomplish, but we generally do not look at the things that we do accomplish. So I am going about my day with that perspective today so that I feel a lot better about myself at the end of the day and feel that I am enough, that I am worthy, that I deserve everything that God has in store for me as his child. So. I'm sharing that with you in case that resonates or in case that may get you wondering if that might work to have that perspective in your life. In any event, I am happy to be with you and to go through the next episode of Come Follow Me with you. And today we are looking at the week of April 18th through the 25th and this particular actually I'm going to correct myself April 19th through the 25th and um, it's going to go through Doctrine and Covenants section 41 through 44 and it is called My Law to Govern My Church for those of you that are new in following us. The Come Follow Me manual uh, is a manual from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. You can buy that at Desert Books if you want a physical copy or you can download the app for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and um, do a library search for the Come Follow Me and it will lead you right to it. Or you can go to LDS.org and also do a library search for Come Follow Me and it will take you there and you just simply choose the week that we are covering or any other week that you wish to look into. So welcome. I'm excited to go through this with you. This section has been divided into several topics. Uh, the first, he that receiveth my law and doeth it, the same as my disciple. Second, God's laws govern his church and can govern our lives. Next section, how did the saints consecrate of their properties to support the poor? And lastly, God gives revelation to guide his church. 
and those are wonderful topics that apply to us today and in reading this I was trying to dissect um, how to go about it because there's a lot here and typically my goal is to maybe do a little bit each day as a podcast rather than giving it all to you at once but it's just working out better for me to just do it all in one episode so if you want more detail insight you're gonna have to go and do the section yourself and uh, dive right into all the scriptures and all the additional scriptures that they reference on the Bible and other scriptures. So, let's see if I do this justice. I hope I do, and I hope it makes some sense to you. But um, at that time, um, the church was growing very quickly. And so this is kind of what God told them that was pertinent to their time but is certainly pertinent to our life. So I'm going to read the summary here. The rapid growth of the church in 1830 and 1831, especially the rush of new converts coming to Kirkland, Ohio, was exciting and encouraging to the saints, but it also presented some challenges. How do you unify a quickly expanding body of believers, especially when they are bringing with them doctrine and practices from their previous faiths. For example, when Joseph Smith arrived in Kirtland and in early February of 1831, he found new members sharing common property in a genuine attempt to imitate the New Testament Christians. The Lord made some important corrections and clarifications on this and other topics, largely through a revelation recorded in Doctrine and Covenants 42. And he called my law to govern, and he called my law to govern my church. In this revelation, we learn truths that are fundamental in establishing the Lord's church in the latter days, including a significant promise making clear that there is always more to learn. If thou shalt ask, thou shalt receive revelation upon revelation, knowledge upon knowledge. So, you know, I'm sure you understand that this is why there's so many religions and so much confusion out there, um, everyone claiming one thing and others another. Uh, it is exactly because of people coming together that bring other faiths into their new faith and then they start trying to change things in their new faith and all of that. Well, we know for a fact that God is a law of order and not a law and not of God of confusion. So uh, he says, I will give you revelation upon revelation if you ask me what to do. And essentially in here, he did do that. He told them 
um, very clearly how he wanted to go about things um, with a new church or the restored church is, is a better term. So in this section, the saints had a great intention in helping each other so that there would not be the poor among them. What a great concept. Wouldn't that be fabulous today? We wouldn't be in the mess that we're in. Uh, but we know that this is Satan's world and fear and confusion reigns his world. And obviously that's how he's reigning currently on the earth. And we are being dragged right into it. And the only way we can avoid that is by anchoring ourselves in the gospel of Jesus Christ. So I'm going to read to you Acts 4, 32 to 37. For you to understand what the saints were trying to do in consecrating their property to help each other. And it says here, And the multitude of them that believeth were of one heart and of one soul. Neither said any of them that aught of the things which he possessed was his own. But they had all things common. And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon all the, all of them. Neither was there any among them that lacked, for as many as were possessors of lands or houses sold them, and brought the prices of the things that were sold, and laid them down at the apostles' feet, and distribution was made unto every man according as he had need and Joseph who by the apostles was surnamed Barnabas which is being interpreted the son of consolation a Levite and of the country of Cyprus having land sold it and brought the money and laid it at the apostles feet what a great act of wanting to help with what you have and sharing your wealth with others. It is an individual act. It is something that we should wish to do and it's not something that should be mandated by government. So that is the difference here um, that people are called to give of their substance to the poor but they are not forced or mandated by the government to do so. So what a great concept, but God said, okay, just a minute. Uh, you guys are not doing it quite exactly as I need it to. Um, and it says here, thou shalt take the things which thou hast received, which have been given unto thee in my scriptures for a law to be my law to govern my church. So he wants the things that he's saying to be the law to govern his restored church. Um, and then on verse 61 on 42, he says this, If thou shalt ask, thou shalt receive revelation upon revelation, knowledge upon knowledge, that thou mayest know the mysteries and the peaceable things that which bringeth joy and that which bringeth life eternal 
So he continues to tell us we can know for ourselves if we ask him. And we should not rely on anybody else to find truth but him. Okay, so let's see the next section here. He that receiveth my law and doeth it, the same is my disciple. And so once again, it says here, by early 1831, the saints started gathering in Ohio, eager to receive the law that God had promised to reveal there. But first the Lord taught his disciples um, that they should prepare to receive his law. Uh, what principles do you find in the verses that would help the saints receive God's law? How might the, these principles help you receive instruct, instructions from him? So we're going to read um, a couple of verses here. Wherefore, for this cause I gave unto you the commandment that ye should go to the Ohio and there I will give unto you my law, and there you shall be endowed with power from on high. So he's guiding them and directing them where they need to be and what they need to be doing. And then he says, Hearken and hear, or ye my people, saith the Lord and your God, ye whom I delight to bless with the greatest of all blessings, ye that hear me, and ye that hear me not, will I curse that have possessed my name okay let me start again that have professed my name with the heaviest of all cursings hearken O ye elders of my church whom I have called behold I give unto you a commandment that ye shall assemble yourselves together to agree upon my word and by the prayer of your faith ye shall receive my law that ye may know how to govern my church and have all things right before me. And I will be your ruler when I come. And behold, I come quickly, and ye shall see that my law is kept. He that receiveth my law and doeth it, the same is my disciple. And he that saith he receiveth it and doeth it not, the same is not my disciple, and shall be cast out from among you. So, what I love about these verses is that he establishes, establishes who is speaking. And the very first one says, Hearken and hear, O ye my people, saith the Lord and your God. It is not Joseph Smith talking. It is not anybody else talking. It is the Lord our God that is talking and saying he is going to rule and govern and give us the law and the law is the commandments we all know that but you know sometimes there seems to be a confusion on what that is uh, but everything good is his law not everything uh, unjust or unfair or that points the finger at other people um, is just looking after our neighbor 
as we would look after ourselves. And loving God, um, those two commandments would keep us in their straight and narrow, but we kind of go astray from them, and then we get into the mess of Satan digging deeper to confuse us. So the next section here um, that I wanted to cover is huge. So this section goes over chapter 42, which is essentially the law he gave him then. And they've broken this section down into some sections. So I am going to read some of it. But it is a, a big section. And so you may want to look into it further um, to get all of it. In case I'm not making sense from what I choose here. It says, The saints consider the revelation found in Doctrine and Covenants 42 to be one of the most important the prophet had received. It was among the first to be published, appearing in two Ohio newspapers, and it was known simply as the law. Many of the principles in this section had been revealed to the by the Lord before. While the section does not include every commandment the Lord wanted his saints to obey, it is worth pondering why these principles were important to repeat to the newly restored church. It might help you to read the section in smaller portions like the following and identify the principles taught in each. As you do consider how this law to guide the church, it could also help guide your personal life. So in this particular section that they've broken it up, it says, Behold, verily I say unto you, I give unto you this first commandment, that you shall go forth in my name, every one of you, excepting my servant, Joseph Smith, Jr., and Signe Regnan. And I give unto them a commandment, that they shall go forth for a little season, and it shall be given by the power of the Spirit, when they shall return. And ye shall go forth in the power of my Spirit, preaching my gospel two by two in my name, lifting up your voices, as with the sound of a trump, declaring my word like unto angels of God. And ye shall go forth baptizing with water, saying, Repent ye, repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And from this place ye shall go forth into the regions westward, and inasmuch as ye shall find them that shall receive you, ye shall build up my church in every region, until the time shall come when it shall be revealed unto you, from on high, when the city of the new Jerusalem shall be prepared, that ye may be gathered in one, that ye may be my people, and I will be your God. Again I say unto you that it shall be not given to any one to go forth to preach my gospel or to build up my church, except he be ordained by someone who has authority, and it is known to the church that he has authority and has been regularly ordained by the heads of the church. And again, the elders, priests, and teachers of this church shall teach the principles of my gospel, which are in the Bible and the Book of Mormon, in the which 
is the fullness of the gospel. And they shall observe the covenants and church articles to do them, and these shall be their teachings. And as they shall be directed by the Spirit, and the Spirit shall be given unto you by the prayer of faith, and if ye receive not the Spirit, ye shall not teach. And all things ye shall observe to do as I have commanded concerning your teaching until the fullness of my scriptures is given. And ye shall lift up your voices by the Comforter. Ye shall speak and prophesy as seemeth me good. For behold, the Comforter knoweth all things and beareth record of the Father and the Son. Thou shalt ask, and my scripture shall be given as I have appointed, and they shall be preserved in safety. And it is expedient that thou shouldest hold thy peace concerning them, and not teach them until ye have received them in full. And I give unto you a commandment that when ye shall teach them unto all men, for they shall be taught unto all nations, kindreds, tongues, and people. So, this whole reading that I just did just reinforces to me how it is that God wanted for people to preach the gospel. And if you notice, this is the way the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints um, follows this as they send out uh, missionaries to preach the gospel. They go two by twos, two males or two females. Uh, they wear the, the name tag. They have been ordained uh, by their priesthood leaders to go and preach the gospel. They have to have that ordination or um, calling given to them by someone that has authority because that's the way God wanted it to be. And so this is considered the law and they have followed this to the T because that is, that is how he instructed it to be done. And the next verses, um, the thing that I like the most about that is that he says he will guide us. And so keep that in mind. The next section. And now behold, I speak unto the church, thou shalt not kill, and he that kills shall not have forgiveness in this world nor in the world to come. And again, if thou shalt not, thou shalt not kill, but he that killeth shall die. Thou shalt not steal, and he that stealeth and will not repent shall be cast out. Thou shalt not lie, and he that lieth and will not repent shall be cast out. Thou shalt love thy wife with all thy heart, and shalt cleave unto her, and none else. And he that looketh upon a woman to lust after her shall deny the faith, and shall not have the spirit. And if he repents not, he shall be cast out. Thou shalt not commit adultery, and he that committeth adultery and repenteth not shall be cast out. But he that has committed adultery and repents with all his heart, and forsaketh it, and doeth it no more, thou shalt forgive. But if he doeth it again, he shall not be forgiven, but shall be cast out. Thou shalt not speak evil if thy neighbor, of thy neighbor, nor do him any harm. Thou 
knowest my laws concerning these things are given in my scriptures. He that sinneth and repenteth not shall be cast out. If thou lovest me, thou shalt serve me and keep all my commandments. So he didn't name all the commandments here. We know these commandments, but there are more. You know, the world um, sees them as the Ten Commandments, but from those are derived everything else. But like I said, um, if we treat our neighbor or others as we would treat ourselves or and love God with all our hearts, mind, mind, and strength, that encompasses how everything we're going to do in life. Because we're going to be caring, helpful, um, in being just and fair to all, and uh, treating everyone with the golden rule. Um, and so, yes, there's very specific commandments. And he went through those. Why, I wonder? It seems to me like people back then had the same issues that people today have, and that's how these scriptures apply. And reading those off, you can see why that resonates right on the money with what we are seeing today. We need to value life, value everyone's life the same, and we need to have those strong relationships with um, our spouses and um, repent of all the wrongdoing. If we don't repent, we, we really cannot be part of his world because we are so imperfect that repentance allows for us to change slowly and become better and more like him and so repentance is the first step in following them and and seeking to just be a better person so really nothing happens with that first step and so that's why we hear repentance left and right because we don't get the concept um, repentance is the first step in the happiness that we are seeking in this life. Um, it says here, the next section, Doctrine and Covenants 42, 30 and 31, And behold, thou wilt remember the poor and consecrate of thy properties for their support, that which thou hast to impart unto them with a covenant and a deed which cannot be broken. And inasmuch as ye impart of your substance unto the poor, you will do it unto me, and they shall be laid before the bishop of my church and his counselors, two of the elders or high priests, such as he shall appoint or has appointed to set apart for that purpose. And anybody that knows or has witnessed um, that during the times of great hardship or of great calamities or destruction, um, the church is very visible in going out and serving those communities and um, helping with food and water and cleanup and um, 
just they have a very efficient rapid system to get um, those services to the needy as soon as possible and in fact the whole country and world are looking into how the church has such an efficient system because they are being noticed as being out there and serving and helping the poor. It is a commandment. They're following it to the T and they are making us part of that. So I am thrilled to know um, because that's how I feel when a calamity happens. I wish with all my heart that I could do something to help. And yes, I can do something to help. I pay my tithing and I give fast offerings and those fast offerings go directly for the help of the needy and uh, those funds are used for the church to do what they do. So in essence, my wish comes true when I see the church going out there and serving the people where those calamities or disasters happen. Um, so I am a participant in that, even though I'm not there physically, I'm able to feel good about what it is I'm doing. So, but it's part of how he wants his church uh, governed. Um, the next section says, and whatsoever among you are sick and have not faith to be healed, but believe shall be nourished with all tenderness, with herbs and mild food, and that not by the hand of an enemy. And the elders of the church, two or more, shall be called and shall pray for and lay their hands upon them in my name. And if they die, they shall die unto me. And if they live, they shall live, up, live unto me. Thou shalt give, live together in love, and so much that thou shalt weep for the loss of them that die, and more especially for them, those that have not hope of a glorious resurrection. And it shall come to pass that those that die in me shall not taste of death, for it shall be sweet unto them. And they that die not in me, woe unto them, for their death is bitter. And again, it shall come to pass that he that hath faith in me to be healed and is not appointed unto death shall be healed. And he who hath faith to see shall see. And he who hath faith to hear shall hear. The lame who hath faith to leap shall leap. And they who have not faith to do these things, but believe in me, have power to become my sons. And inasmuch as they break not my laws, thou shalt bear their infirmities. I love, I love this section because he is reminding us that his church will always be a church where miracles and healings and blessings will be conducted. And how are they conducted? It says, you shall call upon two or more elders. Those are that have the priesthood of Melchizedek to give those blessings. And how do they give those blessings? By the laying on of hands in that on that person's head. 
if they are sick or afflicted with something. And he's saying, you know, if they, ha they have not been appointed to death, they shall live or be healed. Um, and I love that. I have seen countless miracles by the blessings of the elders upon people, my family, myself. Uh, it, it just reinforces God's power is on the earth for the benefit of his children to bless all of his children. I have called on the elders or people that hold the priesthood to go and bless other people that are not of our faith. They, This is what God wants. Blessings to be upon all the world, not just the members of his church. So anybody can call the church and ask for two elders to come and give them a blessing of healing or a blessing of comfort and any kind of blessing that they need. And the church will send them. Lastly, the last section here, um, he's warning us, or he warns us, and again, thou shalt not be proud in thy heart, let all thy garments be plain, and their beauty, the beauty of the work of thine own hands, and let all things be done in cleanliness before me. Thou shalt not be idle, for he that is idle shall not eat the bread of the ware, and wear the garments of the laborer. So we should be productively engaged in good works at all times. Um, I love that reminder not to be proud. And the last section here, Behold, I am the law and the light. Look unto me and endure to the end, and ye shall live. For unto him that endureth to the end will I give eternal life. And eternal life is not the same as immortality. Immortality will be given to everybody. Good, bad, and ugly, and horrible, uh, it doesn't matter. We're all children of a God, and that blessing is given to all of us. And eternal life means that we have chosen to follow Him and live with him and that will be determined by him on how we lived our lives according to his laws um, look at it as you know um, you can have the spectrum from getting an A to an F all the in-betweens in there. I believe we all will fall in somewhere in that range where A plus um, will be those that live with him and the B's and the C's and the D's and the F's will be somewhere else. Um, but it's according to how we lived, according to how we loved and helped each other and saw each other as brothers and sisters and helping and and doing God's work. Um, that's all that really matters. And so 
I am grateful that he reminds us of that. So that section is huge, huge. Uh, the next section, how did the saints consecrate their properties to support the poor? Well, we just talked about how he commanded them to help the poor. And so we're not going to go through all of this here um, because we've read part of that. But I will read, let's see. Um, he kind of just goes into clarifying how everyone on the earth will be blessed by us willingly helping um, the poor among us in the way that we can, but not forced to do so. And so that is very, very important. The next section, God gives revelation to guide his church. I wanted to focus a little bit on this because it's very important. He says, if thou shalt ask, thou shalt receive revelation upon revelation, knowledge upon knowledge, that thou mayest know the mysteries and peaceable things, that which bringeth joy and that which bringeth life eternal. Behold, thou shalt observe all these things, and great shall be thy reward, for unto you is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom, but unto the world it is not given to know them. Ye shall observe the laws which ye have received, and be faithful, and ye shall hereafter receive church covenants, such as shall be sufficient to establish in both here and the new Jerusalem. Therefore he that lacketh wisdom, let him ask of me, and I will give him liberally, and upbraided him not. I love that scripture. I mean, it references uh, James 1, 5 in the Bible, which is, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, but let him ask him faith, nothing wavering, and he shall receive. So, He's asking us to find out for ourselves. He's telling us he will give us revelation upon revelation and knowledge upon knowledge that we may know the mysteries and the peaceable things. Isn't that what you and I want right now in this chaotic world of confusion? Yes, I do want to know the peaceable things. And Yes, I do want knowledge and revelation on how to maneuver this chaos that we have created by our own lack of repentance uh, and by our, the lack of not loving each other like we should. And so, yeah, I... I'm glad that he's telling us, if you're lacking wisdom, come ask me. Notice how he says, ask me, not the government, not your neighbor, not your preacher, not anyone. Ask him. And so I am grateful for that knowledge that he has given for me to to put my trust in him only 
because he is the bearer of all truth and the only one that can get us out of where we may be currently. <clears throat> and there's a talk um, that is called All Things Must Be Done in Order. And it just, it's a great talk uh, because once again, God is a God of order, not a God of confusion. God is a God of knowledge and love and not a God of fear. And so I hope that you're able to feel of his love and able to feel that more than anything, he wants us to come unto him and ask him. And just like we would ask our best friend for comfort and guidance or, you know, advice, he's there. And so God bless you and bless all of us in our efforts to do what is right and to follow him is my prayer for you and your family. And so for now, this is Rosa O'Garcia with Why Jesus. Hoping you have a fabulous rest of the day.